0: Hello, ladies and gents. This is Keith Music Man Handelick today with Neil Smith, the famous drummer from the Alice Cooper band, and we're here to talk to him about his new album, Pop eighty five ninety five, and this is the final on vinyl. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing
1: doing great. Survived the uh, storm that came up through New England a few days ago, and uh, I was one of the lucky people that the electricity. Did not go out, but there's still millions of people around the tri-state area of New York that uh, still don't have uh, electricity, and um, that I hope it gets up real soon for everybody.
0: Well, you are fortunate. So are you still doubling as the real estate agent and musician at this time in your life?
1: No, nah, I, I have sort of retired from the real estate business. I, I still help a few people that have contacted me that uh, you know around the country that need some help. I, I have uh, I have you know I I help out in limited capacity, but I've uh, my my full uh attention is is on the music again
0: once again in my life. Oh, great. I'm glad for that as I'm sure many people are. So I'm wondering, and I'm sure many others that have never had the opportunity to talk to you, uh, you know, turning back the clock a bit, what was it like being in a band like Alice Cooper and having all that fame and fortune?
1: Well, I, I think, first of all, everybody has to remember that the, everybody in that band was very, very good friends, first of all, all the way from college. I, I met everybody in college, um, Dennis and Glenn and... and um, uh, Dennis and Glenn and Alice were in high school together, so you know we we have a we have a, a huge history of uh, that goes you know other places than just music. So that is how we got to be friends, and then I ran into them in, in college in Arizona, and then um, our friendship uh, took off. And then by 19 late '67, I was actually in the band. And uh, it, w- it was a it was very creative group, and pretty much fearless. And uh, every Alice was actually the most sane person in the band, to put it quite bluntly. And uh, so, so uh, he, but he, and I still to this day, I see, I still see everybody's personality in all the characters that he plays on stage. You know, which is which is kind of interesting. It's sort of like a uh, he, he 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 took on those. Um, those characters and uh, became a, a chameleon in in a sense. Uh, so it's interesting to to see that we're all still great buddies. Um, I, I was in Arizona, left uh, in um, in June um, a couple months ago. Got out just in time. I'm back in Connecticut now. So yeah, we we it was a it was crazy times for us, and we've been friends all this time. And of course, uh, you know, he took off on his solo career in the mid '70s, and um, which was uh, <clears throat> which was uh, not something that was ever planned on, but he found success with "Welcome to My Nightmare," and he wanted to stay on that path, and uh, and he did, and and uh, so uh, you know, but with the Hall of Fame and going over to Europe a couple of years ago in 2017, and you know, it's just great to get back together, to, you know, doing a recording. Now we've just finished recording a couple songs on the third album in the last um, uh, since the Hall of Fame. And uh, so we, you know, we're still doing it, still making music, and the only thing that's stopping us right now is the crazy virus, and and uh, stopping Alice from
0: touring. So you're saying that you're recording with Alice now? Is that right?
1: We had, we have, uh, <clears throat> well, we did two songs, no, we did three songs on the Welcome to My Nightmare, uh, the sequel to Welcome to My Nightmare, album in 2010. And in 2017, the Paranormal album, uh, we did uh, three songs on that album. And Alice's upcoming release his next one, and God only knows when that's going to be released. Uh, We have two new songs on that one, too, that Dennis and Michael and I played on with him. I wrote one of them, and Dennis wrote the other one.
0: Oh, okay. So I haven't got Paranormal yet. Um, Welcome to My Nightmare 2. I remember that very well. And that's actually the year I went to see Alice down in Northampton, man. It's a great show. Okay.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah, that was... That was the song that I wrote on there. That um, uh, it was from one of my Killsmiths, uh, my solo uh, band Killsmith I've been doing for since the 2000s, and uh, there was a song I wrote called "Evil Voodoo Moon," and Alice and Bob Eschenbury wrote it, and that was "I'll, Bait, I'll Bite Your Face Off," and uh, <clears throat> which came out very cool and was the single off the album. So we still, uh, you know, we're still writing fun, fun music when we get a chance, and. You know, my goal someday is still uh, to write a full album with, you know, Bob Ezrin producing it. But, um, you know, who knows if that'll ever happen, but at least we're grateful for the uh, the time that we do get together.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool if you get back together with Bob. Yeah, Definitely.
1: Yeah, well, you, Bob's, Bob produced all those you know, produced Welcome to My Nightmare, Paranormal, and then Alice's
0: next album, Bob produced all those albums too. Right, he's the man, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, yep. So, interesting um, how you came to the conclusion of letting out uh, this Neil Smith pop 8595 mm-hmm. and, you know, trying to make the music sound like from the era with the synthesized drums and, and understanding that, you know, you being a drummer, well, I can't do this, but I know what it should sound like because I am a drummer. And, and that's what right. led, you to, led, you, led you to releasing this, correct?
1: Yes, exactly. Well, these songs weren't written to be like, I wrote them and recorded them. Uh, back in the day. I mean, these are recordings that I did between 1985 and 1995. I, these aren't recent recordings. Um, these are the actual recordings I did then. And uh, that's it's, you know, one of those things that you just can't sit down and write music like that. You can make it sound like it, but to get the whole vibe... Uh, and you know it's on, all recorded on tape. It's not uh, not digital. I bounced everything down to digital naturally. But no, these songs were actually there. There've been uh, some some people that heard it and they thought that uh, you know I wrote the songs then and then I re-recorded them recently. No, these were these these are these are uh, vintage recordings that I brought back to life and uh, made some you know uh, EQ changes to added a few uh, added bass guitar to a lot of the tracks. But. um yeah, they they were. Uh, it was a different way for me to write back then. I was really deeply in, into the into the real estate business then, and but I still had a studio and I still wrote songs, and that's where these came from. And I was also very um, uh, close to a, a J. Jesse Johnson, a Triple J. He was a great guitar player, blues and rock, and and he did some amazing uh, guitar work on the songs, and that was one of my inspirations for uh, for bringing them back to life as well, because he had some great
0: soloing on there. I agree. One of my favorites was "Secret Eyes." I really oh, like yeah, that song. Yeah, and, you know, and, you know, Looking at the the, the back cover um, on the post we uh, put out, uh, Billy right. posted on the Music Man site. Um, right. The beautiful girl standing there just reminded me of some of the Ventures covers back in the '60s with the babe on the front. You know.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, well I'm to- I'm to- I totally came out of the the surf era. I mean, I was a you know I was in the desert in Arizona, and i had a <clears throat> I had a station wagon with my surfboard sticking out of the the back of it. We would go over to California go surfing sometimes but uh, no, oh. i was into I was into the music big time and you know wipe out was my number one favorite song to play and uh in the in the high school rock band I had called the laser beats so um no i i and I'm still to this the matter of fact I'm writing a song for some future use. And uh, it, it's a real, um, you know, Dick Dale and, and Beach Boys kind of a, kind of a song, and uh, and, and a, you know, real with a big surf beat and everything. And so, I you know, it's it's always been a part of me. The next thing that came along, of course, was the British Invasion, and I got totally into that too. But uh, you know, you're you're not far off the mark there, uh, Keith, when you said that it looks like a, a you know one of those albums from back in the day because that was I was totally inspired by all that all that great stuff.
0: I mean, that's that's cool because uh, Ventures, well, they put out like over 200 albums. They're one of my all time favorites. Oh yeah, and, um, uh, they, 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 you know, that was a, the
1: sound, the sound of the uh, of the early 60s for sure, before the British Invasion.
0: Well, I hope you put out a surf album. That'd be really cool. Well, um,
1: I, I'm always writing music. I mean, I, I have, I, I always had a guitar with me uh, back in the day. Uh, my, the, uh, I had, I had a song that was actually on Pretties for You. Um, easy Action. I don't think that I wrote a song on it, but I, you know, we collaborated on everything. That's why it, that's why all the songs are written by all of us. But then on um on Love of the Death I had a song called Hollow Would Be My Name. And uh that uh I always had a guitar with me and now I have a quite a quite a nice collection of guitars, a lot of them vintage guitars from back in the sixties. Glenn Buxton's uh white um S G costume that he had on the back of the Love of the Death album. I uh, I have totally re- I found the the body of that guitar and totally rebuilt it and restored it mm-hmm. and 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 uh, that'll be I'm not a guitar player I play rhythm I don't play any lead at all but uh, so that's uh, and that and a little bit of keyboard And I played all the keyboard on the uh, Pop 85, 95 album so wow. um, so I uh, I I do you know I, just enough to write songs because keyboard obviously is a great instrument to write write songs on and so is guitar but uh but i uh i just just i would never play it live never play live but um i i, I certainly can can record on uh, on record
0: well you know i have a lot of the alice cooper albums uh, no surprise there and my favorite personally favorite is billion dollar babies with killer coming in a close second what's your favorite yep.
1: Well, I I like them all naturally, and it's almost like a you know, like a parent saying, "What's your favorite child?" And uh, but um, I, the one that's closest to my heart I won't say it's a favorite, but it's closest to my heart is "Schools Out" for for a couple of reasons. But uh, basically because it was um, I mean, Glenn and I were very close, and Glenn was very inspirational and influential in getting me into the into the band when uh, when their drummer John Spear quit. Um, in 1967, and, uh, and Glenn and I—Glenn was also from Akron, Ohio, and so was I. And we never knew each other when we lived in, in the Buckeye State, but uh, we uh, got to be really good friends when we were in college. And so Glenn, Glenn was Glenn was um, he was quite the character. He was a great guitar player, but he was uh, very emotional, and uh, he you know he wore his heart on his sleeve. And and uh, when he wanted to be creative, he would. And when he when he wouldn't, he would kind of just you know go into a bit of a shell. But School's Out uh, is is still Glenn's album, and uh, it was his influences, his image. I mean even in the lyrics that Alice wrote on the on the album um uh you know reflected that you know me and GB ain't never going to confess we cheated at the math test in public animal number 9 and and uh you know so uh and and uh, all of our initials on the album cover and GB is right there so this is really you know w- was his album so to me uh and it 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 stands out um, like I say Favorite is not the word I would use but it's closest to my heart and I think that um uh in uh, my stars is one of my favorite songs and I love playing that song and uh and that's on that album too, so even though it even though it was more we did it on the the billion dollar baby tour, uh, and because it fit perfectly in that show. But uh yeah, I'd go with
0: school then. So sentimental favorite if you were to say that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that's a great album too. You know, they're all great albums, and I can understand, you know, the creative process and how you feel like that, oh, this is my baby, you know, and put out a solo album even more so, right, so that connection is always going to be there, and music lives forever, we don't, and that's what's really special about music. (laughs) Well, I'm
1: I'm, I'm amazed that uh, that that still to this day schools out is played and uh, you know on a on almost a yearly basis of of course in the summertime, but um, uh, even in a crazy time like we have in in, uh, in 2020 with the virus and everything, uh, it's still being played and and uh, it, I, I'm amazed. I, I mean, we we were just writing songs from one album to another and never would dream that. You know, almost 50 years later, that people would still be uh, still be playing you know our music. It's 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 pretty crazy, but uh, the classic rock stations um, it's almost one of the you know one of the stables.
0: Yeah, I mean it just goes to show you 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 gentlemen got together and played classic rock, great music that's going to be timeless and. Still get to sell, maybe put a little money in your pocket, and different generations come through and discover it, and start going out buying all the albums in the catalog. You know, it works well, and I'm glad it worked that way for you folks. Yeah, well,
1: that's the great thing about the internet and the music on the internet. There's so
0: many different.
1: Uh, styles and uh, of music, and uh, the, I can't even imagine. I mean, because you know, when we were kids in the 50s and 60s, everything was on the radio or, or in mean, the record shop. That that was it. But now you can go, and, and you know, that was basically popular music. And finding anything that was uh, classic at that time, you know, either from the, the the big band era or classical music, very difficult to find. I mean, it, it existed, but you know, it wasn't at your fingertips. Now you can go on the computer and you can find any music that's ever been recorded since <laughs> music has been recorded, and uh, uh, people can 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 uh, you know, music can pick up new fans
0: from from any kind of a genre and so that's very cool. Definitely, yeah, it has its advantages and disadvantages, but I think more advantages, like you're pointing to, definitely, you know. Yeah, well, um, I
1: mean, by the same point, you you said that you know, the the internet is also kind of Killed the record industry, <laughs> but, but that's another thing. But the vinyl's coming back, which is very, very cool, and uh, people are—you know—it never sounds better than when it's on vinyl. And I, I'm a, I'm an old fan of vinyl, and uh, and I, and I
0: think that that's 100% true. Well, thank you for saying that. This being the final on vinyl. Podcast.
1: <laughs> well, well, I, I mean, I would say it, I would say it nonetheless. But
0: I uh, you know I used to
1: have I used to have the big JBL speakers and some big pounded you know amps, and I still have uh, some L one hundred speakers. And you know, you cr- put the vinyl on, you crank it up, man, and it comes through. I mean, I used to love to listen to the Who like that, and and uh, the, one of my favorite bands is Jimi Hendrix, and and uh, you know just hear you know, the scratches on the record and everything, man, it was all part of the whole whole thing.
0: I used to call it the popcorn sound.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I've actually seen some studios, and I'm sure uh, you have as well, where where you can
0: actually add that sound to a recording. You can make it sound like a vinyl record. You know, it's interesting, too, Neil, that I I didn't know this. Just recently I found out. You know how they make the clear vinyl and all the different colors and everything now, which I get a ton of, I have to admit. Um, yeah. they actually yeah. added the black color and the black is what attracts the static electricity and makes those sounds. I never knew that. I never knew that either. That's very interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're really active in writing. Are you spending time in the studio as well?
1: Well, I um <clears throat> I'm kind of a person I have to be very very inspired to write. And it just comes and go. You know, sometimes I can go for months without uh, without picking up an instrument, and sometimes I, you know, I'm in the studio every day and every night. So, at this particular point, uh, as everybody else is, we're trying to deal with the pandemic. And and uh, as far as my activity goes, um, I am back in Connecticut now after spending seven months, the longest time I've been in any spot in the last five years. Uh, in arizona and uh, got together with alice a lot and michael bruce and michael and i worked on some music that'll be um on uh, on my next killsmith album of killsmith goes west and i uh, i have two more songs that that he and i wrote that'll be on that album and uh, so uh i will be in the studio but right now it's just uh Enjoying the, the the summer. It's hot in New England, but there are some nice days. So I go out and play golf. I got into golf in the early uh, 90s with um, when I went out to visit Alice one time, and and uh, we went out in the the links, and I've been hooked ever since. And so I, I play. I live on the golf course. As a of fact, I'm kind looking out my window right now and looking at the at the golf course and and uh, it's all cleaned up after the storm and they're out there again today for the first time in two two or three days. So um, between the golf and buying groceries, that's
0: pretty much what I've been doing lately, Keith. Well, at least you're getting out, you know. And I remember I read the book Billion Dollar Babies, fascinating book. Yep. And uh, Al said that golf saved his life, basically, and got him sober, right?
1: Yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah. And and he uh he handles golf. he gets up every morning and his first tea time out and and he and I play what we play. I play later in the day. I don't get up for a 6:30 tea time in the morning. But he has a <laughs> a, a dozen or so uh, golf courses he plays um in Arizona. He gets up. Of course, in this time of year, it's cooler in the morning, uh, out naturally out there, and and he gets up 6.30, morning, But also the crowds are very very sparse, so nobody really bugs him. And uh, I've done it a few times with him. It's, I'm not an early morning person like that, but um, it's I mean it's beautiful. The sun's coming up, and you know, play 18 holes, and you're you know you're done by noon, which is which is phenomenal. And it does take a long, a lot a lot of time to play. Usually four hours to play a round of the golf. Have you ever
0: played, Keith? Miniature golf is as far as I've gone, Neil.
1: <laughs> well, that's that can be fun too. That's that can be fun too. But but uh, it doesn't take four hours, thank God. Well, some people might, but uh, most of the time it, it doesn't take that long. But yeah, it is a time-consuming game. But uh, I do love to get out to get out in the outdoors and and um, lose a couple of golf balls in the woods or the water or whatever, and
0: and have a have
1: a good day. Work up a work up a sweat, and you know if I'm lucky, you know, lose a couple of ounces and. Um, uh, but enjoy myself. And I really like it. And I and I uh, I'm very competitive, but I'm very competitive at my own game. I always try to outdo my myself and and make myself better. I've been very lucky. I've had two hole in ones uh, in my career in golf, and and uh, they just happened to put the holes in the right place that day when I played. And the ball rolled on the green and fell right in there, which is still amazing to me that that happened. Uh, I mean, I'm okay. And somebody goes, "Oh yeah, you know, I I hate it when I you know you you have a hole in one and then you score like 89 or something." 89. I said, "I think I I scored a hundred the day that I I had the hole in one." So um, <laughs> if I had an 89 and scored <laughs> and had a hole in one, I'd be ecstatic. But but uh, but I I still love to play. I love to get out there in the fresh air and everything. And and it's you know it's a it's another. Um, just another stick, drumsticks and uh, golf
0: clubs. True, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, I noticed you had said something about Alice getting up early so he, you know, beats the crowd. I mean, he's kind of a prisoner of his own success. He's been around for so long and so successful and so easy to recognize. Can I imagine he wants to relax and, and dodge that kind of, you know, um, meeting out on a golf course and be left alone, huh?
1: Well, I tell you Alice is a lot cooler about it than 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 i am sometimes um i mean of course he gets he gets noticed more than anybody in the band but uh he um uh, he's very very cool about everything i mean i've been with him sometimes and i i i uh and i you know he goes he's overly nice to everybody. And I've never really? ever seen him, never ever seen him do. And I mean, he'll take the time even when people come up and we're you know we're in the tee box and and you know they want his autograph or you know, on the scorecard or something. No, he'll do it every single time. He he accepts it very well, and 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 it's kind of like you know water off a duck's back, and the people are. The cordial, I mean, they they definitely want to say hi, and they grab an autograph, and they really leave him alone right away, which is kind of cool. So, uh, I mean, the golf course is, is, there is some sanctuary there, for sure, like you're saying, but... And it doesn't happen often. I mean, you have 18 holes, and, and, you know, maybe if it happens once every, you know, 18 holes. Um, but he's very cordial, very warm to everybody. And uh, I, I, I really, my whole life, I've never seen Alice pissed off. I mean, I, I'm the one in the band that had the temper. Drummers are kind of short fuse about a lot of things and a lot of energy. But um, Alice was, was always very, very, uh, you know, cordial to people and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, that's nice to hear. But I can understand your point, though. I'd be the same way. You know, some mornings you'd be catching me and be like, you know, get the hell out of my face and let me. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no,
1: I know. I know. But, but, you know, he doesn't. And that's why every time you talk, you know, you see somebody say something about Alice that's meaningful, or whatever. It's absolutely true. I mean, uh, you know, Alice comes up with a lot of great stories that, are based in truth, but have uh, been creatively enhanced. Uh, let's put it that way. But when it comes to people talking about Alice as a person, it, it, that's 100% true. And uh, I mean, everybody is. Dennis is the same way, and Michael also. But um, you know, uh, at this point in our lives, I mean, you know, every, nobody's a spring chicken anymore, and we've experienced pretty much everything that you can you can throw at us as as musicians. And um, you know, quote unquote rock stars or whatever anybody likes to to call us, but uh uh and, and, and at this point we're just very, very grateful that people still enjoy the music. I mean that's that's the bottom line and that's the secret of everything and that's why when we were at Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I got the award I, I said this this isn't for us. This is I mean I dedicate you know, to Glenn of course, um wish he was would have been there, but really dedicated to the fans that have that have stuck with us over the years and and the people there was always a big push from the fans to get us in the rock and roll hall of fame and uh I, I you know i think there's some bands in there that shouldn't be but as 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 the years roll by there's not very many new rock bands coming on the scene so i my theory is that sooner or later every rock band's going to be in the hall of fame <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's uh, politics like everything else, I guess, Neil. But exactly, you gentlemen yeah. definitely deserve to be in there, and thank God drugs didn't take you fellows away. You know, It's no, it really destroys lives, and I'm glad no, that you're we, all still on. Yeah, well, we we um yeah we were right in the
1: middle of the year. I as a matter of fact, in late '60s. I said, if people are going to you know keep dying like this between Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and Jim Morrison mm-hmm. and Brian Jones, I mean, they were dropping like flies, and I. I said, we'll, we you know, we're we're going to become famous by default. I mean, <laughs> there's going to be nobody left, and and uh I, and then the Beatles broke up, and then you know, so by the time the early '70s, when Love to the Death came out, they, I mean, there was still plenty of you know plenty of music, but there was nothing brand new that was really really out there, and um, so I think that was you know all part of uh, the success that we were lucky enough to have was you know timing. And getting, you know, right right at the beginning of the 70s, a brand new decade, and, you know, what we were doing, nobody's ever seen before, and then the mix of theatrics with us, and then the real, because the Doors had already talked about, lyrically, the, the dark side of music and the dark side of life. But uh, we were actually doing it on stage with props and theater and, you know, killing our lead singer and, and writing songs about, you know, killer and dead babies and all kinds of things. And, and But you had to put it in perspective it, uh, and listen to the lyrics closely that it wasn't uh, always what the title indicated and we tried to make them uh, have a little bit of meaning it's like a movie you know where there's there's actually somebody kills somebody and and they pay the price for that or they you know, they they do it they do a crime and they've got to pay the price for it and that's what we were trying to uh try to you know display
0: that on on stage as well oh interesting you said by default and this is the 27 club you know all your competition was eliminated and one felt swooped there so <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, and believe me, it was something that that as, as it was
1: happening, that I that I thought about. i I can't believe it. I mean, these 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 people, these groups, they're selling millions and millions of records, and there's going to be a void, and and there sure was because I mean, without Jim Morrison, the Doors couldn't put any more music out. Without Jimi Hendrix, that you know that that whole. You know, people that bought all those albums were were gone, and and uh, other bands you could you could keep going, but um, you know, so it was it was an interesting time for for sure, but um. Every every new decade, every new generation, you know, has their heroes and has their sound, which I which I loved about the 50s and 60s and 70s and even the 80s and even in the 90s. Now I I don't know so much, but um, it's it's you know it's all it's all changed. It's different styles of music. You know, country and western, rap and hip hop are still pretty big. So that's um, that seems to be the music that the uh, people love these days.
0: Well, Neil, I really appreciate your time today, turning back the clock for us and giving us all that great info. I, it's always an education for me to talk to people like yourself. And uh, well, I wish you all, all right. the success in the world. And I'm glad you're still making music, moving things forward. And I hope we can stay in touch.
1: All right. Well, I certainly do too. And if any of the fans are curious about my projects, and uh, neilsmithrocks.com is my uh, my, my website. And um, all of my uh, latest uh, works are on there, and a little bit of history about the band, interviews, and what have you. And and uh, and, if, and if you s- send me a link to whatever you know we're 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 doing here, Keith, I would love to post it on there and Facebook and uh, the other social medias as well.
0: Oh, absolutely! I'll send you all that information. I'll get it to Billy. He'll get it to you, and uh, that be great. We'll rock cool. and roll. Sounds good, man. All right, well, enjoy the music, and I appreciate the time and happy to talk about uh, Pop
1: 8595 and the crazy band that I was part of.
0: Thank you, Neil. Take care. All right, have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye.